0: Guys, it is great here, great to be here, and I, I really want to in, encourage you guys tonight. And I've only got a, a, a certain amount of time, but I really feel God is putting something on my heart. And as I was sitting in my in my hotel room uh, this afternoon, I really felt God really uh, it, putting on the on my heart the a message to actually speak about about. Uh, uh, here we go. This is going to be it's going to be different. All right, it's going to be different. But I really believe that there's people here tonight, and we're going to go on to this later, but I really believe there's people here tonight, and you're fighting with certain things in your life. You're battling with certain things, and you're facing certain things, and I really believe that God wants to set you free tonight. I believe there's been family issues in people's lives, things that they've been fighting with, relationships, marital problems, all types of things, and I really believe that God is wanting to set some people free here tonight from that. So we'll get to that later now. Let's just pray before we get around the word. Jesus, right now, we thank you, God. God, we thank you for this amazing house, God, that you are doing such a mighty work here, God, that this is just the beginning of a great thing you're going to do in this church, God. I thank you that you're going to bless each and every one of the members, God, bless each and every one of the leaders, God, and the pastors. I thank you, God, that they are moving into a new season, God, and a new time, God, that right now that you are stirring up hearts, God, in this church, God, to, re- to think bigger, God, and think larger, think taking the city, God, think t- think starting to reach their neighborhood. And their neighbors, God, and their friends and their family, God. I think it is a new season, a new time, God, and you are gonna do such a mighty work in Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Amen. 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 So let's just jump right into it. How many people know that God loves having fun? Is it isn't it a cool to know that God loves having fun? I, I love the fact that God loves having fun, and, and uh, you know, I really feel sorry for people when they have this perception of church that, that church is actually boring. Honestly, well, that wasn't a very good reaction. <laughs> Honestly. I, I said, I, I feel sorry for people when, when they actually have a perception of the church as being boring. People, oh, oh. You see, there's, there's a, a mentality in the world today, and I've said this before, but, and I said it this morning, is that people look at the church and they think it's boring and irrelevant, and they think of God in the same way, but understand God is a fun God. It would be a contradiction for Him not to be a fun God because the Bible says that joy of the Lord is our strength. So if we are not joyous, if we're not having fun, I mean, it, we're contradicting what the Word says. So God is a fun God. The Bible says in Proverbs 7.22 that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Cheerful heart is a good medicine. You should be laughing all the time. I laugh all the time. I laugh at people most of the time. No, in a good way. There's a good way to laugh at people. There's a bad way. I am the only person who does a good way. But I tell you, I love having fun with people all the time. I, I, love, um, I love playing tricks on people. Um, and just doing funny things. I remember we had a, 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 our secretary. Um, she used to be, and she didn't leave because of me, by the way. But she used to be our secretary. And this is back in the days when Jurgs was around. And, uh, and, and I used to love playing tricks on her all the time. And, uh, and she was on the phone. She was talking to someone. I, I actually called her in. I said, Dee, do you mind if you go into my office? I need you to just go and have a look at something. And, and um, blah, blah, blah. I just need you to have a look. I'll, and just check this all out. I, for some reason, I got her distracted to go into the other office. While she went into the other office, I walked into her office and, uh, and while she was in my office, I got this turtle. Um, now, don't ask me where I got a turtle from. I happened to just find, I think it was a God thing. I found it on the road on the way through. And I put the turtle on, her, um, on a keyboard right in her office. And so she walks in. She doesn't even notice it she sits down and as she's sitting down the phone rings and i'm just sitting i'm hanging outside her office i'm waiting for it. the few picks up the phone and she's talking like good morning generations youth department can i help you and she's talking away talking when away, there's something like this scream and this is this is turtle <laughs> on, a, on, a, on the middle of a keyboard and uh, man that was funny she didn't stick around much longer but i think it's just because she was having problems with um other people on staff but um But me and uh, I, you know, I love having fun. I walked into a movie cinema just a little while ago with um, Kerry Robinson, who's my, uh, who's my my 2IC back home and my high school's director, who's an amazing guy, comes from New Zealand. Um, So I tell you what, and he is, uh, he is good soil. And uh, he, he, um, he actually, we go to the movie, we went to the movies together and we had some, uh, one afternoon we went to the movies and uh, as we walked in, he decides that he's going to, he's going to pay for me. Which is a good thing. Guys, um, you're going to take your, movie, you take your youth pastor out to the movies and pay for him. You owe me for that one, mate. Okay. But, uh, and, and so we go to, and he, he pulls out and says, no, James, don't worry. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. I'm like, cool. Okay. So he, he, he pulls out his money. And the lady behind the counter, she was like an elderly lady. And how many people love um, the elderly? I love them. You know, what? I, I want to like, I think there should be a motto and I want to make it the motto of a church. Yeah, I reckon you should say, you know, hug an elderly person every day. It should be something like that because it's just hugging, hugging elderly people. It just feels good. Don't you think? It's good. I love it. You got to love, respect older people. And there's no, there's no other people in this building tonight, unfortunately, but um, when you do see one, give them a hug. And she was an only person. She was behind the counter and, uh, and she was there. And so I thought I'd play a little bit of a trick on her and, um, no, it was all good. Oh, it's a good trick. I do good tricks. And uh, so she's there and she turns to me and, she's, and, and she said, oh, that's pretty nice that he paid for the, the movie for you. And I looked at her with a straight face. I said, oh, it's because he has to. She goes, what? And cause Kerry's a little bit older than I am. And uh, he looks a bit older than I am because obviously I look 16 and whatever. And I, I go, well, that's because he has to. And she goes, oh, what, what, why does he have to pay for your movie ticket? I said, oh, well... It's because he's my parole officer. She looks at me, she goes, oh, really? She's, she goes, you don't look like a bad person. I said, oh, well, don't be fooled. You know. She goes, oh, well, well, you know what? Did you just get out of prison? like, yeah, I just got out of prison. This is a trick, all right? It's not a lie. Big difference. And, and she goes, oh, you just got out? There. I said, yeah, I just got out. She goes, oh, what, what did you go to jail for? I looked at her with a straight face. I go, I robbed a movie theater. <laughs> she looks at me, this blank face. this. I said, have a nice day. <laughs> Walked away. Oh, goodness me. Then I told her I was joking, obviously. I think I did. But anyway, how many people love having fun? I reckon it's fun. we should always be having fun. We should always be laughing in the house of God. And, and tonight I really, I really had this uh, message on my heart. And I want to get you to turn to Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, get your Bibles ready. If you don't have a Bible, and uh, if you're sitting next to someone who doesn't have a Bible, just look at them as if they came to church in their underwear. All right. Oh, there's a few laughs up the back there. My goodness. <laughs> I tell you, you've got to bring your Bible, friends. You've got to bring your Bible to church. Bring it everywhere you go. Always have the Word of God on you. The word of God is the sword. The word of God is powerful. You can you can proclaim the word of God over your life every single day. That's what you do. If you're feeling inadequate, you start to speak the word of God over your life. If you're feeling insecure, start to speak the word of God. If you need financial breakthrough, speak the word of God. Speak the promises of God over your life. You have the power. If you have a family, you're having family issues. Man, just start to speak the power of God over your world. It's all in this book. People look, understand, you need pastors in your world, you need leadership, but a lot of the time, a lot of people come to pastors with problems that this book already has the answers to. There's so many answers in this book, but people refuse to actually, the Bible says it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, it's the honor of kings to search it out. In other words, there's all the answers, all the revelation is in this book if you will take the time to dive deep into the word of God. To the normal person, it can be a novel, it can be just a story, but to someone who's hungry for the word it will be answers it will be solutions it will be it'll be the ways it'll be strategic ways on how to succeed, how to succeed in business everything is in this book and so Daniel chapter, chapter 3 and the title of my message tonight is this God loves a fight God loves a fight so I'm going to go into this. And if you read this story, and there's so much of it to read, so I'm just going to have to tell you and pretty much sum it up. And you guys have heard this story a million times before, but it talks about, about three guys and and how they they were actually three out of out of a whole country, out of a whole region and nation. They were the only three, and you guys know the story, the only three that didn't bow down, right, when the music came. And so the whole story, I love this story. It talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's actually not Abednego. True biblical scholars actually have acknowledged that it's Abednego. And I made that up. But it sounded good, right? Convincing. Let's just call him, i call him Abednego, okay? So these three guys are three guys who in the Bible, and if you read the story, they're brought out of their homeland, they're brought in to be trained up in Babylon, to be trained in the Babylonian ways, to be trained up to be great men. And it says in the Bible, if you read, sorry, if you read earlier on in Daniel, it actually talks about how they were brought out to be brought up like the Babylonians. They're actually to be brought up to, to uh, be accustomed to their traditions and their culture. And so that they, they were, these were great young guys. The Bible says that they were good-looking men couple of girls there. they good soil, that's right. And they, they were good-looking men, and they, had, they, they, were the, they were learned men. They were, the people would be able to pick up not, uh, you know, wisdoms and knowledge quite easy. So these were, these were great guys, three guys. And it said that in this whole time, they, they were serving under King Nebuchadnezzar. And as they were serving, it came a time where suddenly he decides that he's going to make a decree. He was going to build a gold statue, and, and, and he was going to play this music. He was going to play music, in every single person in the country, in the region. As soon as they heard this music, they had to bow down and worship the idol, right? You've heard it all before. It's a story that's been done like a dinner, but I tell you, it is a great story. And I want to show you something in here that hopefully you have not seen before, and I'm pretty sure you haven't. But it talks about these three guys. The thing I love about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... No, that was the same. The thing I love about these guys is that they, they were three guys who had passion in their life. There were three guys who were passionate about everything they did. They were passionate in serving. They were passionate in the way they lived. They were passionate in the way they they, they went about their works and their jobs that the king had given them to do. They were passionate in every way. And most of all, they were passionate about their God. When the time came and, and it came to the crunch, they had to they were called to, to, to bow down to the statue, but these three guys were three guys who refused to bow, and because of the passion in their life, they were so passionate that they were able to stand up in the face of adversity, in the face of thousands and thousands of people who say, No, we will not bow. That's some type of passion, right? Against everybody else, three against the entire world, and they stood with passion in their hearts. I tell you, we have to get passionate. Can I tell you something about passion? And you may have heard me say this before, but I tell you, passion attracts. When you are a passionate person, have you ever found that passionate people actually attract, they're attractive people? Not necessarily, but physically, but there's something about them that is attractive about them. You find when you're around passionate people, when they're passionate about anything, you ever been to a football game with a passionate football player or football person? They get passionate and you're around them and you want to sit them because they're cheering and they're clapping. Passion attracts people. So as you start to get passionate, I guarantee you'll find that people start to get, they start to get interested in your world because you're a passionate person. I love Steve Irwin. I love Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin is one of the most passionate people I know. He is a passionate guy and he, he is passionate of all things. He's passionate about crocodiles. He's passionate about something and if he turned his back on it, it would literally bite his head off. But he's passionate. Can I tell you something? that, that St- I actually went up to, and you might have heard me say this story before, but I was, I was actually up at uh, the Crocodile Farm in Queensland. And I was at Steve Irwin's Crocodile Farm, and I got to go in there. And when I was there, he's usually not there. But, every, but when I was there, this, this one time, the, you know, the, just the favor of God was on my life. And I walked in, and he was actually there. He was there that specific day. And so I went in to watch him do a show. And he is a, he is a few weeks short of a breakfast, I tell you. He's a crazy man. And he is, he, he is sitting there, he is sitting there it, like on the ground. He's got this little microphone on and he's sitting there and this is crocodile sitting on, on the bank of its little pond in, in this enclosure. It's just sitting there. And he has got his legs crossed. You don't understand, I'm sitting in the crowd. I'm looking, at him like, you are crazy. You are a crazy man. So let's just say, what's your name, man? Dougie? Doug. That's a Doug. Pastor Doug. Pastor Doug looking very cool with a bit of, bit of Shannon Noel going on there, mate. I like that. So let's just say Pastor Doug is my crocodile. Pastor Doug, can you give me a bit, of a bit of a crocodile? Have you got any sound effects? No, I don't think crocodiles giggle. No, no. <laughs> that wouldn't be that scary. <laughs> no, no. All right. Can you give me a bit of a grunty? Give me a grunty crocodile. A, a cro- crocodile choking on a, on a golden retriever, maybe. I don't know. but Okay, so that's good. So let's just say that Pastor Doug here is the crocodile. He is sitting there with his legs crossed about this far away from this massive couple it's like at least four or five meters saltwater croc and it's sitting and i'm sitting i'm in the crowd i'm like what are you doing i'm like you're crazy and he is just with his legs crossed, sitting there and i i was blown away this guy man he is so passionate about croc he's so he's so into crocodiles he's willing to risk his life that's how passionate he is and so as he's sitting there I, i i watched him do the whole show and i i called him over i was trying to call him over i'm like steve Steve, you know, trying to call him to come over so I could speak to him. Because I, I just wanted to meet this guy, this passionate guy. Again, like I said, passionate people are attractive people. You just want to get around him. You want to get to know him. And so I called him over. And he was too busy. I think he, I don't know, he was playing with a crocodile, something like that. But he was, he was busy. And I'm like, I'm calling him. Steve, Steve, Steve. And then his wife, Terry, walks past. And as Terry walks past, I, I, like, I'm like, I just embraced her. Terry. And I just grabbed her. I said, Terry, Terry, you got to uh, talk to me, talk to me. So I brought her over. And she came over. And I started talking. I said, Terry and I asked her the question that we all have on our lips. I said, Terry, tell me this. I said, Terry, is he always like that? I said, is he always, is he always that passionate? Is he always, is it, or is this something that he does for the cameras? And she turns to me, and she says this. She said, he is like that all the time. He is like that 24-7. And I'm like thinking, his mind, I could just picture him, you know, running into the kitchen and suddenly, like, oh, crikey, the toaster's burnt. You know, and I... I This guy is passionate about everything. But the crazy thing is, this guy's passionate about crocodiles. Can I tell you something, guys? A crocodile did not get nailed to the cross for Steve Irwin's life. Quite an unusual thought, isn't it? But yet he risked his life... He's so passionate about it. How much more should we be passionate about a man who died 2,000 years ago for our life, or for our salvation, to take away the sins of our, our problems? and our, I tell you, we should be passionate about God. But we forget sometimes what God's done for our lives. Sometimes we forget the power of what happened on the cross that day. It wasn't the fact that he just gave us the freedom to step into heaven. It wasn't just about that through, through salvation. No, no. He gave us the power over sickness. He gave us authority in our lives to speak into situations because he went to the cross. And so passion is something that's tracked, But these three guys, man, they were passionate. Can I tell you something? The devil is passionate about destroying lives in this city. The devil is passionate about destroying lives in this city. And we need to be just as a passionate people. We need to be even more passionate about changing the lives of the people in this city for Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, so passion will attract the attention of this city. But the question I really want to ask tonight, like I said, the title of my message is God loves a fight. What will you do when push comes to shove? What will you do? What will you do when the time comes and the push comes to shove? Because it's easy to be passionate when everything's going right. It's easy to be faithful when things are going right. I don't really believe that you even have faith until it's been tested. Because it's easy to be faithful through the good times. It's easy to go, yeah, I love Jesus when everything's going right. But what about when the Push comes to shove. That's the question I really want to ask you. Now you see, because these three guys, their faith was tested, their loyalty to Jesus Christ was tested. You see, the time came when the push came to shove and the fight was on. Has anyone ever? Remember when you're at school and there was a fight at school? It was the most craziest thing. Suddenly you hear this call across the playground: "Fight! Fight!" And everyone just running, they crowd around. There'd be two guys standing in the middle of a circle, going, "Come on then." The other guy be like, "Come on then." They'll be like, "Come on then." they like, like, go. Come on. And that's all it was for about 20 minutes. All right, split it up, guys. Getting a bit risky. You know what I mean? But I tell you, there's, there's times in your life... Well, what's it going to be when the the time comes and the devil comes into your world and he's trying to pick a fight with you? you Are going to be a person who backs down from what the devil is trying to do in your life? Or are you going to draw a line in the sand and say, Devil, if you cross this line, I am going to knock you out. Don't you dare try and come across it. Because the time comes, as a push comes to shove time in our lives, in our Christian walk, there will be times when you are going to be tested, people. There are going to be times when the devil's going to come and he he is going to want to pick a fight with you. And we have this weird perception of Jesus. We have this weird perception that, you know, I'm here to tell you that God loves to fight, but we have this really messed up, weird perception of Jesus, this, this, this kind of weak, meek and mild, kind of like soft Jesus. Like he kind of just popped on the earth and just kind of went, ah. hi guys, blessing to you all, you know, like. And we have this weird perception of Jesus. But if you read in the Bible, when, when people, when he was asking who do people say I am, They were saying, well, some people say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, the two roughest men in the Bible, right? So Jesus was not a soft-looking guy. He was not a weak-looking guy. I tell you, God loves to fight. Jesus wants to step into your world, and there's people here tonight, and you're facing situations in your life. You are facing times in your life where you, there's a fight coming in and the devil's trying to bring you down, but you need to realize that God loves a fight. God is wanting to fight for your problems. God is wanting to fight for your situations. God is wanting to fight for your family. God is wanting to fight for your finances. God is wanting to have a fight, I tell you. But we need to make a decision that we need to, we need to make a stand like these three guys did. And I want you to look at this. It says this in verse 19. It says this, then Nebuchadnezzar. You see, these, these guys refused to bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar, he was furious. Even when they asked him, look, he even gave them a second chance to bow down. But they said, no, 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 we are not going to bow down. We are not going to bow down. Like, I'm sorry, king, but this is, this is where the push comes to shove. There's a line in the sand and we are not going to, you, you know, you can cross it, but we are not going to cross it. This is, this is where it hits. It says this in verse 19, 19, watch this. Then Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual, verse 20, and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into a blazing furnace. Verse 21, so these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. Verse 22, the king's commanded, uh, sorry, the king's commandment was so urgent that the furnace was was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped, into, leaped to his feet in amazement, and he asked his advisors, weren't there three that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. Verse 25. He said, look, I see a fourth man walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Can I tell you something? Something happened that day, friends. Something happened in heaven that day. Something happened that attracted the attention of heaven. You see, I can just picture something happened. You see, they were up in heaven, and the angels were playing ping pong. What did they do in heaven? Ping pong's great. And they're playing away, and suddenly one of the, one of the balls will fall out, and it just arrived at the edge of the clouds, and they Hold on a second, Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo. Fight! 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 And then suddenly all of heaven ran to the edge. And they're all looking over. There's a fight going on. There's a fight. God! God, there's a fight! And God's up on his throne and he gets up. What? There's a fight? Well, And he walks over and he looks like, well, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What, what, what's going on there? Yeah, there's a fight! Oh, look at this. It's great. There's a fight because everybody loves a fight, right? And so it's a fight. It's a fight. They're like, quick, get Jesus. Get Jesus quickly. And Jesus, they, they run over and Jesus is in the bathroom and he's, and he's practicing walking on water in the bath. And, he, you know, and he's in there practicing. They're like, Jesus, quick, you're going to see this. You're going to see this. You see, the crazy thing is, this, this passage says right here, that the fourth man in the fire looked like the son of God. You see, but according to my Bible, Jesus was not due down the earth for another 500 years. But something happened that day. So they called over, and he's in there and he's practicing walking on water. He's like, guys, come on. I've only got 500 years to perfect this. Give me a break. And so he's walking on water. He's trying to get it right. They're like, come on, Jesus, you got to see this. You got to see this. there's a fight going on. He's like, guys, guys, please, I've got to do this. and then at four o'clock, I've got to practice the water and wine thing. So please don't distract me. And he's walking away. They said, no, 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 Jesus. You've got to understand, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Suddenly, his ears pricked up. He ran over, and he walked over to the edge of the clouds. And he could, see, he could see Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And suddenly, they'd been thrown into the fire. And he looks, and he turns to his father. who turns to God and says, God, you've got to send me down there. God, you've got to send me down. God, there's something happened there. You've got to send me down. God turns to Jesus. Jesus, look, I can't send you down there. You're, not, you're actually not booked in to go down for another 500 years. I, I can't send you down there. You know, it, it, it just, it's not going to be right. Just just to keep practicing all this stuff, and then when the time comes, look, we're going to send you down. It's going to be a whole big thing, big star, three shepherds. All the, it's going to be great. Three kings. and we're going to. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Okay, so just 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 don't worry about it. She's like, no, 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 Dad. You have got to understand, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego down there. They're in a fight. You know, you know, our word says that we will never leave never leave them, nor forsake them. So we, we can't leave them in that fire. He said, Dad, please, would you send me down? He said, Son, look. I don't think we can. I don't think we can do this. It's not. You've got another five hundred. Just, just wait. He said, "Dad, please, would you send me down?" Suddenly, God turned to His Son Jesus and said, "Okay." Ding, ding, ding. The fight is on. Suddenly God came down. Jesus was sent down and boom, suddenly he was the fourth man walking around in the fire. He was the fourth man that looked like the son of God. And it was so much of an attraction that Nebuchadnezzar got up from his throne. He said, hold on a sec, what's happened? And Jesus was in there. Can I tell you something tonight, friends? When you're in the fire, Jesus will be there. He doesn't always meet you outside of the fire. He waits for us to go in the fire. He meets us in the place of our hardest times and our weaknesses. He is the strongest. Wait for Jesus. Wait He is wanting to fight your fights. There's nothing that you are facing right now that is too big for our God. There's nothing that you are facing right now that is too big for God. And he is itching. God is itching to get down from heaven. He wants to jump into your circumstance. He wants to jump into your situation. He's waiting for us just to call him in. To call him in. Sometimes we end up fighting a fight that's not even ours. Sometimes in our our family lives, in our own personal worlds, we're fighting so many fights that Jesus went to the cross to take care of these things. And we find ourselves fighting a fight that really isn't even our fight in the first place. Jesus wants to step into your world tonight, friend. He wants to step into your world. He wants to fight the fight that maybe you are facing right now. God wants to do something great and there's a fight going on in this city. And we need to tell the devil that we're not going to bow down. There's a fight going on in the city for the young people's lives of this city. And we need to tell the devil that we are not going to back down. There's a fight going on and the devil is fighting to take down your family but you're going to tell the devil you know what I am not going to back down. I am not going to bow down just like everybody else. I am not going to bow down. We need to get that passion inside of us. I tell you passion will drive you forward church. Passion will stir you up. Passion will take you into that place of victory. I don't know if you remember there was a great uh, boxing match some many many years ago between a guy by the name of Muhammad Ali. Anyone heard of him? Muhammad Ali now he was going for his his championship title, and I don't know if you remember this fight, but it was him against a guy called Sonny Liston. And Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston were in a fight together. They were about to fight together for the championship title. And you got to understand, Sonny Liston was a killer. Sonny Liston was going to tear Muhammad Ali apart. And so in the, in, the, in the trainer's room, before Muhammad Ali was going to go out, his coach came and said, look, he said, Ali, look, if you do not if you don't take this guy down in the first round he is going to knock you out. If you do not take him down, you've got to figure out some way to knock him out in the first round because he is going to take you out. Muhammad Ali was freaking out. He's like, well, what do you mean? This guy's the champion. He's holding the title. You want me to take him down in one round? His coach is like, yeah, if you don't, he is going to tear you apart. He said, well, what do I do? The coach said this. He said, listen, I want you to think of something that makes you angry. Suddenly Muhammad Ali closes his eyes and he starts to think. Suddenly he's sticking there for a couple of seconds suddenly, ding, I've got it. I've got it. They start to, the coach grabs Muhammad Ali, starts warming up, and they start to walk into the boxing ring. And you'll, you'll see if you've actually looked at real footage of this fight, you see Muhammad Ali walking down the aisle, and he's got his coat, and, he's, and he's, he's muttering something. He's walking down the aisle. And, you see, and all these people are, oh, what's going on with him? What's going on? And so, and it must be gas or something. But anyway, he said, and he's, he's going down the aisle, and suddenly he gets up into the ring, and as he gets up, the bell goes ding, 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 ding. And suddenly Muhammad Ali's yelling, and he's fighting, and suddenly Listen comes up to approach him, and then suddenly, boom, 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 and he smashes his He smashes Sonny Liston, he hits the deck, knocked out cold in the first round. Now you might have seen this picture before. I don't know if you've seen this picture. There's a picture of Muhammad Ali standing over Sunny Liston like this. Have you seen that? And he's yelling. It's a black and white photo. He's yelling. You want to tell you you want to tell you something? What was he yelling that day? He was yelling to Sonny Liston this. Give me back my bike. Give me back my bike. He was yelling out loud. You see, when when Muhammad Ali was a little kid, he used to work in a fruit market and he saved up all his money so that he could buy himself a nice little red bicycle so he could ride to work to ride around. He saved up all his money, all his money. And one day he saved up enough money and he bought this beautiful bike. And when he rode to work, he parked it up next to the fruit market. And while he was inside working, someone came along and stole his bike. And he'd never obviously forgotten about it. But gonna tell you something tonight, guys. There's people here in this room Man, at the end of this night, you're going to be standing over the devil saying, give me back my school. Give me back my family. Give me back this city. Give me back what you've stolen from me. You're going to have a victorious stance. You're going to knock the devil out tonight because God, man, I tell you, he wants to do something for you tonight. God wants to fight your fight. God wants to step in and fight a fight that you've been fighting for so long. But tonight is the night you're going to have victory in this place tonight. You're going to walk out the victor. You're going to walk out the champion tonight. Whatever you may be facing, I tell you, tonight, God is going to answer your problems. He's going to answer the situation that you're in. Right now, and I tell you, there's people here tonight, and you, you've been battling with certain things. You've been battling with family problems. You've been battling with situations. There's people here also tonight. I tell you, you, you've, you've, you've been battling just with life altogether. You've been facing one situation after the other. And I tell you, I tell you, God wants to step into your world. God wants to step into the ring. This is a fight that God wants to step in for you. You don't need to keep taking those punches, those blows that you've been taking for so long. Because God died on the cross. He wants to take that. He took those blows upon himself when he was on the cross. But can I tell you something? He was victorious. He was victorious. Let me tell you, I'm going to finish with this story. There was an amazing book written some time ago, written by a guy called Simon Wiesenthal. And Simon Wiesenthal wrote a book by the name of The Sunflower. Has anyone heard of that book, The Sunflower? Well, anyway, it's this amazing book by a guy called Simon Wiesenthal. He was actually a Jew who lived in the time of the Holocaust. Simon Wiesenthal was was in the time of the Holocaust where they were wiping out all the Jews. Everybody knows about it. You want to learn about it in history. But I tell you, he, he, he lived in that time, and out of 80 people in his family, he was the only one who survived. 80 people. And Simon Wiesenthal, because he was a doctor, he was ordered that he had to go and work on the, in, in the German soldiers' hospital, in the Nazi soldiers' hospital. He was ordered to go and work in there. And so he was forced to go, even though all the rest of his family were sent to concentration camps and gas chambers, he was sent to go and work on the soldiers. And because of that, they spared his life. Because of his ability to, 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 to have that medical ability, he was, he was spared his life. And one day, as he was, as he was working in the hospital, a man was brought in. He was actually an SS captain. This SS from, from, from Hitler's personal army. He was brought in and he, was he had burns to 90% of his body. Severe burns he was brought in. This man was about to die. Simon Wiesenthal saw him and brought bring him in on a stretcher and they called him over and said, it's You, come here, you Jew, come here. Start to serve this man. Quickly Simon Wiesenthal ran over doing what he was told and he started to work on this SS soldier, this captain with burns all, 90% of his body. As he started to mend and started to put bandages and wrap him up, this, this, this soldier reached up and grabbed Simon Wiesenthal by the, by the scruff of his shirt. He said, sir, I need you to do something for me. Simon Wiesenthal said, yeah, yeah, look, I'm, I'm doing all I can. Just relax. It, it, it's really bad. I just need you to relax right now. He said, no, no, I need you to do something for me. He said, sir, look, I, I'm doing all I can, but what, what, what are you asking me to do? The SS captain looked at Simon Wiesenthal and says, I need you... I need you to understand something. I, I'm, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad person. Even today, I, I've done so much to your people, so much to your race, so much to your kind. Today, I was at a factory. I was ordered to go to a factory. And in this factory, there were thousands of, of Jewish people that were, that were actually hiding out in this factory, this huge factory. And we were, we were commanded, we were ordered to go in there, and we were in there. We were supposed to go there and flush them out. But as we went in there, they were hiding in the walls and we couldn't get them out. So what I ordered, he said, I ordered that the doors be barred shut. He said, then I told my men to light the place on fire. He said, as the place started to burn, I started to hear the screams of people inside. And suddenly three stories up from the factory windows, windows started to break. And there was mothers standing there at the window with babies in their arms. And they started to yell down at the people below, started to yell down at the soldiers below, please, please, if we throw our babies down, would you please catch them? Would you please catch them? We, we, we know we're going to die, but please spare our babies' lives. And, and, and this, this SS captain, he turned to his men and said, if anybody catches any of those babies, they'll be put to death on the spot. So one by one, these babies were thrown out the window and fell to their death. But something happened. He started to tell Simon Wiesenthal that something backfired, something went wrong, and suddenly the building exploded, and this is why I'm in here now. I realize that I'm about to die. I realize that that I'm about to go, but I need you to do something for me. He says, before I die, I need you to do this for me. Simon Wiesenthal looked at him with disgust in his face. He said, "What what is it I can do for you? He says, I need you to forgive me. He says, I need you to forgive me on behalf of what I've done to all your people. He says, I realize I can't apologize to every single person, but I need you to do this before I die. I know I'm about to die, but would you please, on behalf of the Jewish race, would you please forgive me? Simon Wiesenthal grabbed his hand and ripped it, chucked it down onto his, onto his chest, and he turned around and he walked out of, that ho- out of that hospital room, hearing the cries of the soldier in the background. You see, I'm not here tonight to try and justify or try and condemn Simon Wiesenthal's actions but what I am here to say is that we all need forgiveness we all need forgiveness and the great thing is is that there's nothing that we could do that could actually be too bad or too wrong for the forgiveness that Jesus Christ provides there's nothing you've done in your life you might, have fight, you, might, you might have been in so many fights in your life, battling with so many different issues, and you found yourself being defeated, and you figure, well, how am I worthy for God's salvation? How am I worthy to accept what, God, what you're telling me about tonight? No, no, I don't think so. And there's people here tonight, and you're battling with that. But Jesus went to the cross 2,000 years ago, and he, he, he went into that fight for you. He fought so that you could live for forever, in, in, in eternity with Jesus Christ in heaven. He fought for you that day. That day he went down into hell and he, he had the biggest fight that we've ever had on this, in this world and that was the fight to win your salvation. And there's people here tonight and I tell you, tonight you, you need to understand this is that God is wanting to step into your world. God is wanting to step into your fight. You might be here and maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ into your life but God is wanting to step into your world. God is saying I, I forgive you no matter what it is. I forgive you. No matter what you've done, I forgive you. This is what I want to do with every head bowed and every eye closed if I could just do this right now. There's people here tonight and maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ into your world. Maybe you've never prayed the prayer that invites Jesus Christ into your life but I'm telling you tonight there's there's nothing that you could do that could separate you from the love of Jesus. And tonight, I, I, I want to ask you this tonight. Maybe you've Maybe you've never asked Jesus Christ in a world. I tell you tonight's the night. Maybe you used to have a relationship with God, but you fell away. But I tell you tonight, friend, tonight Jesus wants to step into your world. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if I could please ask you to do this, maybe that's you here tonight. Maybe you've come into this meeting. Maybe you've come into this meeting and you don't know why you came. But I tell you, God wanted you to come into this meeting. He wanted you to know that the fight that you've been fighting for so long, you don't need to fight that anymore. He says, would you let me step into the ring for you? Would you let me step in for you? Because I can guarantee you a victory if you let me step in. Maybe you used to follow God, but for some reason you you found yourself... Maybe just like in this story, you, you were like everybody else. You, you found yourself bowing down to the image of this world. You found yourself compromising what you used to have with Jesus Christ, and you found yourself bowing down, and you found yourself falling away from a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I tell you tonight, friend, God is saying, come back. There's nothing. There's nothing you could have done. I, I so badly want to be in a relationship with you. you realize why the shepherd left the 99 for the one? Because the one was an original. The one was one of a kind. It was its only make. That's why it was so precious. I tell you, in God's eyes tonight, you are so precious. And God, He is so desperately wanting to step in your life because He has only got one of you. And His heart breaks to know that He hasn't got a relationship with you. So right now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, that's the question I want to ask tonight. If you've never... Ask Jesus Christ into your life before and tonight's tonight, you need to do this. Or you used to follow God, but you fell away. If that's you tonight, I'm gonna to count to 3 I'm gonna ask you to stick your head up in the air so I can see it, and then you can put it down once I acknowledge it. But if that's you if that's you tonight, the count of three, that's you know it's you because your head and your heart are having a battle, your heart's saying, Come on. Your head's just full of confusion. I tell you, God doesn't bring confusion, He brings clarity. So right now, the count of three. Every head bowed, every eye closed. That's you tonight. Here we go. Ready? One, do it with all the courage in your heart. Come on, don't worry about anybody else. Two, this is your night tonight, friend. God's stepping in. He's stepping into into your fight, and He wants to fight your fight tonight. Here we go. Three, quickly, right now, stick your hand up. Say, that's me tonight. Just Quickly, stick it up high so I can see it. If that's you, stick it up high. God bless you over there. Who else is there? Quickly. Who else is there? Quickly stick your hand up so I can see that tonight. Say, that's me tonight, James. That's me tonight. God bless you, man. Who else is there? Who else is there? Quickly, right now. Quickly stick your hand up until I can see it. Say, that's me tonight. I need to do that. I want to pray that prayer. I want to ask Jesus Christ into my world. If that's you, if that's you tonight, just quickly stick it up. Say, that's me tonight. Who else is there? God bless you, man. Who else is there? Who else is there? Quickly, there's more people. There's more people. Don't worry about anybody around you. This is God bless you up the back there. Who else is there? Quickly, say, that's me tonight. That's me tonight. I need to ask. Jesus Christ into my world. I, I, I just want to encourage you tonight. Don't, don't wait another night. Don't wait any longer. God so desperately wants to step in. Every day of your life is purposed by God. And he wants to step in right now. Because he wants to reveal to you the amazing purpose and future and destiny that he has prepared for you. If that's you right now. Just stick your hand up. Say that's me tonight, James. If you do that, just as I close, just as I finish it, that's you quickly. Quickly say, that's me tonight. Is there anybody else? Stick it up high so I can see it. Say, that's me tonight. Maybe you've fallen away from God. Maybe you used to have a relationship with Jesus, but you found yourself slipping away. Maybe it's time to step back in. Maybe it's time to step in that relationship, walk close with God again. If that's you, quickly stick your hand up. Say, that's me. Would you do that tonight? Who else is there? Quickly. Quickly. Who else is there? Say, that's me tonight, James. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Well, right now, guys, this is what I want to do. I haven't finished yet. I got something else I want to do, but I want to ask all those people who did lift their hand, I'm going to ask you to do something really brave. I'm going to ask you to come and I want to meet you down the front here tonight. I want you to come and meet me. I'm going to shake your hand because we're going to pray a prayer together. So let's do this right now. Let's stand to our feet and all those people that lifted their hand, come on let's start to clap let's clap as we as we stand up tonight is that you quickly would you come there's a few people here would you come come on down come on down man come on down up the back there once you come on down awesome come on who else is there awesome there's somebody else over there come on come on down who else is there there's somebody else over there, man. Come on down. Don't don't be scared. Just come on down. Come on down, bro. Bring a friend with you if you need to. Who else is there? Quickly, quickly. Just, just say excuse me. Sorry, I gotta come through. Quickly, man. Don't be shy. Don't be shy, bro. It's all good. I won't bite. Hard. Who else is there? Was there anybody else who lifted their hand? Awesome. You want to come down? No. It's all right. We'll pray for you later. Awesome. Well, we're going to pray with these two guys, these two amazing people down the front here. Let's pray together, church. It's so good seeing people saved, isn't it? Seeing people pray that prayer. So right now, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me, guys. And, uh, and I've said it before, but I tell you, this prayer is, the Bible says that God is standing at the door of your heart and is knocking, waiting to be invited in. And this prayer invites Jesus Christ in. He won't force his way in. He won't push his way in. He waits to be invited. So this prayer is you opening your heart to Jesus. And he's going to step in. Like I was talking about tonight. He wants to step into your fight. Whatever you're facing right now, God wants to step in. God wants to help you. So let's pray this prayer. Let's pray this prayer together, church. Just close your eyes, just bow your head, say this, dear Jesus. Say it like you mean it. Say, dear Jesus, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that you died on the cross to take away my sins. I thank you you gave everything so that I can have everything I realize that tonight you are releasing me from my old life and I'm not going to be the same I'm a changed person the things in the past are the things in the past I'm focusing on the future, the future I have with you. I realize and I acknowledge that you are my father and I'm your child. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you, God. Well, right now, guys. There's some amazing people standing behind you and uh, who are all actually used to live in Hollywood and were great actors and models. And, uh, but now they come to this church, um, which is quite, a, it's quite convenient. So why don't you turn around and just meet these people they are amazing. Just turn around right now and meet them. And they're just going to give you a Bible, which is an amazing book. And uh, so let's just clap these guys as they, as they move on out. Awesome, God awesome god great to see people say why don't you lift your hands to heaven church like i said i haven't finished here tonight and i hope you don't mind but i feel the power of god's going to step into this place i believe that god is about to move so powerfully in your world there's people here and for so long you've been skeptical of god You've been skeptical of what God can do. And what you've been doing is that through that doubt, you've uprooted the seeds of faith that are in your life because you've doubted for too long. But I tell you, God is saying tonight that I am God. I am all-powerful. And there's nothing that you're facing that is too big. There's people here tonight and you're facing family situations. There's marriages here tonight and they're under stress. But I tell you, God wants to bring healing. God wants to bring healing. I really feel right now for marriages. There's some marriages here. And God is just saying, I want to step in. I want to step into that. I want to heal that situation. I want to heal the problem in that relationship. There's people here tonight and maybe you've been battling with other things. There's people who've been battling with Depression. You've been battling with depression in your life. And God is saying tonight is the night you're going to get set free from that thing in Jesus' name. The thing has held you bound for too long. The devil has had a handle on your back and he's been holding you back for so long. But tonight you're going to get set free from that thing. You've found yourself lying in bed night after night, not being able to get to sleep. Because in your mind you've constantly got this thing that keeps on Reoccurring in your mind it's this thing that keeps coming to you telling you that you're not good enough that you're never going to amount to anything I tell you the devil's the great accuser he wants to bring destruction to your life but I tell you God came to set you free God wants to loose you from those things tonight is your night friend tonight is your night and I want to do this just keep your hands lifted. Just stay in that place. Let's never get too uncomfortable with the presence of God. Let's get used to it. Let's d- let's just stay in that place. Get used to that in your own personal life. Just get used to the presence of God. There's people here tonight, and I tell you, you've you've battled with those things like I've talked about—maybe marriage things or depression. You're battling with insecurity but tonight God wants to set you free and I tell you I'm going to ask you to do this just with everybody's eyes closed and every hand lifted still I'm going to ask you to do this those people who are battling with that I'm going to ask you to come down the front here I'm going to pray for you tonight God's going to set you free God's going to set you free tonight but I tell you don't don't be worrying about what people think I tell you this is the house of God This this is your family we're loving on each other. We're supporting each other. So right now, if that's you, why don't you come? If that's you, you're battling with some of those things that I spoke. Why don't you come? Just, just make a line at the front. you just facing me. If that's you, quickly, don't stay in your seat. Don't stay in your seat. You come down. You come down. I know there's people here tonight. Awesome, God. I tell you, like I was saying tonight, God is wanting to fight, to fight for you, friends. And you keep on restricting him from stepping in. You keep on restricting him from stepping into your life. But God is wanting to be unleashed onto that thing. That's the power of what happened when he went to the cross. The great thing is he gave you the authority. He gave you authority. There's nothing that the devil can bring against you that Jesus hasn't already taken care of whenever you face troubles, whenever you face these times I tell you you turn to this book, you see this book here is, this is the receipt this is the proof of purchase it's all here when the devil comes again you say no sorry devil it's already been taken care of it's already been paid for every situation, every problem every condemnation, it's already been taken care of it's all here, and that's why we proclaim the word of God. We remind the devil. We remind the devil. Hold on a sec, mate. No, sorry. This has been taken care of. Jesus, right now. Right now, you guys down the front. Let's, you guys in the crowd, Once you lift your hands out to these guys, and you guys up the front, lift your hands to heaven. Jesus, right now. Start to cry out to God, church. Let's just start to cry out to God for these people. There's breakthrough here tonight. Jesus, right now, I thank you, God, that you are moving so powerfully amongst these lives, God, that you are setting people free in Jesus' name, God, that you went to the cross and you gave us all the authority of heaven, God, and that whatever these people are facing, God, whatever situation it might be, God, I thank you right now, God, they're being set free in Jesus' name, God. There is healing, God. There is restoration, God. I thank you right now. The things that were broken are being mended. The relationships and marriages are coming 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 together again they're coming they're coming into fullness again in jesus mighty name the, what was the depression spirit that's on young people's lives i thank you right now we cast it out in jesus name that you have no place in these lives you have no you have no place you cannot make your home here this is not this is not where you belong right now jesus is such a power in this place all you people down the front just start to receive that here it comes god is starting to move god is starting to move he's bringing healing god is bringing healing to this place God is bringing healing to these people. Jesus, right now. Just start to seek God. Start to seek God. Just start to acknowledge Him. Start to speak it over that situation. Start to speak it. Say you've been defeated. You've been defeated. You've been defeated. You've been defeated. In Jesus' name, just start to say that. You've been defeated in Jesus' name. Just start to confess it just start to confess it start to confess it right now there's power here you're being set free you're being set free so you're being defeated in Jesus name you can proclaim that over your life proclaim it over your life in Jesus name oh God God almighty God almighty yes God right now being set free being set free I tell you the Bible said whoever's been set free by God is free indeed There's nothing in your life the devil can hold on to. Oh, God Almighty. Yes, God, keep crying out, church. Jesus, right now.